everybody, Josh Sigurdsson of World Alternative Media here, and we're joined by Tim Pachote, the Liberty Advisor Certified Financial Planner, and we have a lot to go into today as we see the move into the central bank digital currencies, the CBDCs, as the IMF Managing Director says, and I quote, we are working hard on a global CBDC. Now, a lot of people might look at that and say, well, duh, but it's a significant move considering a few months ago um, there was the announcement of a, CD, a CBDC uh, currency, a global currency at the IMF, and they, they immediately said, no, we have nothing to do with that. It was just announced at the IMF. It's not the IMFs. So we're not working on a global CBDC, and then here we are literally less than a month later, and yeah, they're working on a global CBDC. And this comes at a time when we see, you know, polls come out, and this is from the New American, which I know Alex Newman works at. Um, most Americans oppose CBDCs and in-home government surveillance cameras. No kidding. You know, we're a few steps away from South Park's uh, toilet security agency, and we better watch out or else we really will be living in the meme. Um, this from Slay. And we reported on this a couple days ago. United Nations planning digital ID linked to bank accounts. And it, it literally, days later, we have the, the IMF talking about this um, global CBDC. Of course, we also reported a couple days ago on the fact that Obama has suggested a digital fingerprint for Internet access in the United States. Why is he even talking? Why can't he just go and fade away into his library, you know, his presidential library built from the bones and the blood of all the people he mass murdered with his drones? Fade away into all his bathhouses. Yeah, yeah, with Michael. Michael, Yeah. (laughs) Well, anyway, we're going to get into this and much more today because this is a very significant announcement, my friends. But before we do, as always, make sure to check those links below. Of course, we have a bit.ly link for Timpacho if you want to get a free initial consultation, a free portfolio review. You could sign up in the links below. And of course, we have heavensharvest.com for long-term storable foods. Uh, of course, we have their they're, you know, non-GMO, there's organic. And of course, there's heirloom seeds, water filtration, storage, and books on how to get started. Use code WAM, W-A-M, and you get free shipping on much of these products in the United States. My friends, this is very important going forward, and this could save you from the Great Reset. So save your family today with one of these kits before you can no longer access this kind of stuff because the CBDCs are in. And of course, with these CBDCs, we have carbon credits. We have restrictions of access to just travel. So, you know, 15-minute cities, we have to be careful. Tim, we have this article, IMF Managing Director. We are working on a global CBDC. And it says, um, it is currently uh, illegal for the Federal Reserve to accept private accounts. So U.S. law will have to change to accommodate the IMF's goal. Every piece of legislation from here on should be examined for sneak amendments. In the meantime, the IMF, BIS, and UN are all working towards the same goal, global currency and digitization of humanity. It is not for the good of humanity, but rather for the enslavement, says TN editor. And I quote, if we are to be successful, CBDCs should not be a fragmented national propositions. During a presentation at a conference in Morocco, uh, Kristalina Georgiave uh, the managing director of the International Monetary Fund announced Mafia fund. Yeah, that the global body is working hard on the concept of a global CBDC platform. Uh, Georgieva declared that central bank digital currencies need to be interoperable between countries, noting if, and I quote, if we are to be successful, CBDCs could not be fragmented national propositions. To have transactions more efficient and fairer, <laughs> fair, they always use that in, in the most Orwellian way. We need systems that connect 
countries. Georgieva continued, adding, in other words, we need interoperability. Tim, this is uh, pretty interesting news, of course, expected news all the same. But with this statement, we basically have the IMF uh, acknowledging that this is where they're moving. It's not just another country saying they're doing a CBDC, which basically every country in the world says they're going to do. This is the IMF, of course, part of the United Nations. They loan more money than um, you know people can afford to pay back. Uh, of course, that's how they've enslaved countries in the same way that China has. And as, as we now see the move into CBDCs with the United Nations and the IMF and the digital IDs, we have BRICS at the same time trying to compete against the special drawing rights of the IMF. Can you go into the significance of this statement, Tim? Yeah, so first off, people need to understand that the IMF, the International, well, I almost said Mafia Fund, but Monetary Fund actually isn't a fund. It actually operates more like a bank. And so a lot of people are familiar with the book, Confessions of an Economic Hitman by John Perkins and all the different updates to that book. But essentially what his job was as an economist was to go have all these fancy proposals and presentations yeah. and go to third world countries where you go to, you know, the dictator over there and you propose, you know, some they just need to find some sort of study. So if you want an outcome, you just pay enough money to be able to, you know, rig that outcome to get whatever outcome you're looking for. And so you, you know, these leaders take on all these gigantic loans. They know they'll never be able to pay them back. And then all of a sudden, you know, the IMF will then, you know, pledge as collateral, like, oh, hey, you couldn't pay back our loan so now you we get your ports or we get your oil or you get your this and so but then oh we'll give you another loan so then that way you get the country deeper and deeper in the debt because it's all about getting interest it's all about the control and so the imf has acted essentially as like a predatory loan shark to a lot of third world countries around the world and then the head uh, i forgot georgina whatever yeah. from bulgaria she also was the head of the world bank and it's interesting to note that the World Bank acts more like a fund and the IMF, the International uh, Mafia Fund, acts more like a bank. And so, and of course, you got the Federal Reserve that's not federal, doesn't reserve anything, the Treasury, which has no treasure, it's only debt. And so all of these words, I mean, words do have meaning, but the words behind all this really have no meaning. So at the IMF, they have something called the Special Drawing Right or the SDR. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me. I was trying to look it up like last second right before Josh went to me. But I think it's roughly, and again, this is rough. I'm not looking at the exact numbers. I want to say it's about 40% the dollar, maybe 20%, uh, 15% the euro. Then you've got the British pound in there. I think they've even got like a tiny bit of gold, maybe like 1% or 2%. Obviously, you've got the uh, Chinese renminbi, uh, the Japanese uh, yen, and, you know, rounding out. And I think the British pound is there as well. And so it is one currency, but then that currency is made up of other currencies. And... Essentially, what they want to do is you will probably still have the dollar. It'll be in digital form. You'll probably still have, if you're in Canada, you know their digital dollar as yeah. well. And just like they've got it in China already. And pretty much every single major currency block around the country with and, the exception of maybe 12. And, yeah, and we see the restrictions already that they're calling for in all these other countries. Britain's faced 20,000 uh, digital pound cap under Bank of England plan. Of course, you know, we have all these examples of restrictions going forward where they're saying that if you uh, don't spend your money in a certain period of time, that that money will be liquidated. I mean, this is obviously tyrannical. And, you know, we've talked before about how um, Brit Britons that have, for example, a smart meter on their home will be under the Bank of England's plan. Um, able to get money from the government if they don't use electricity through the CBDC program. And, of course, we already have the carbon credit situation in the UK. And, again, this is moving to a place near you where they have the 15-minute cities there, which I just reported on. And that is all moving into 
United States, Canada, all of Europe, Asia, Africa, that is a plan. This out of the expose, as I mentioned many times before, UK government nudge unit is working with banks to implement social credit system disguised as carbon guilt trip tracker. And, of course, Professor Suzanne Mitchie is involved, who was involved in the COVID propaganda. Um, she's a big part of this. Again, they already have carbon credits on many banking apps. They have it in Canada as well. And it's not enforced yet, but it will be. So the idea of an international currency out of the IMF and or BRICS, which, again, I think will take the, the cup at the end of the day, um, is a very dangerous idea when you think of just the national rules and restrictions surrounding the CBDCs mean caps on currency, caps on how much you could spend, social credit, carbon credits tied into it. I so mean, they're already doing it in Nigeria mechanism. with their e Nairo. They had a, a very, very low cap where it's like, hey, you know, you, if you want to use your money, you're only allowed to get out like $150 a day or something like yeah. that. And then if you want to get out more, oh, yeah, you can, but it's going to be a 10% penalty. And so, you know, they wanted to put, you know, even people we know in jail for, you know, supposedly being like loan shark, like people like, not yeah. loan shark, but, you know, people like Ian Freeman were, you know, he was, first off, he was, you know, getting people into Bitcoin at a dollar. And so, I mean, I'm sure if you charge somebody 5% back then, uh, you know, they're probably still pretty happy right now when you're yeah. considering the fact it's almost $30,000. But, you know, they were saying that essentially he was charging too high of a percentage. Uh, but then you've got the government saying, oh, we're going to charge even higher percentage. This is the government of, Ni of uh, Nigeria trying to, uh, allowing people to access their own money. Now, right. when you tie, now, we were talking before about these countries will still interact in their own currency, but then those currencies will then be tied together in a supranational currency. That's how the SDR works. The day before Facebook, which is now Meta, launched their, uh, I think it was called, was it Libra or DM or something like that? I think it was Libra Project. I had a video uh, that came out at the time, the day before, saying, will Libra be like the new SDR or something like that? And essentially, I was talking about how I was theorizing that they would have a basket of currencies inside of there that would then make up their... And, but I think essentially Facebook and Meta, even though it started by the CIA, they still got a little bit too big for their britches in terms of uh, you know trying to get ahead of the yeah. central banks and what they were doing. And so that project, I believe, was shut down because they're like, hey, Zuckerberg, we made you. We were getting a little bit too big for your britches over here. And if anyone that thinks it sounds like a crazy statement, like, oh, the CIA created it, I would look up LifeLog, uh, which was a CIA project that was being put out on a uh, government contracting website. And I believe it was February 2004 when that uh, went offline in terms of they weren't soliciting that contract anymore. February 2004 is right yeah. when Facebook came out, which is now Meta. But anyways, getting back to all this. So when you've got when you're going to tie these countries together, they're not pitching people on. They're going to pitch people on convenience and and you know, essentially convenience. You know, people are willing to give up a lot of stuff for convenience. But if you go back to, let's say, the 1956 Bilderberg meeting, the very first one, they were talking about how that is essentially where the euro came out of. But when they pitched the idea of the euro to everybody, it's like, oh, it's a trade deal and it's a trade pack and we're going to make things easy and convenient. They didn't pitch people on this being the United States of Europe. They did not pitch people on basically being bound yeah. together economically. And, it, and when they do that, it's through the country's bonds. I mean, bonds, root word, bondage. You're tying people together, uh, basically putting them in you know these financial chains. And But that's what they want to do worldwide, right. except they're going to sneak attack it through where they're not going to actually you know have a big announcement be like, hey, everybody, the world reserve currency is here. The world reserve, like new uh, one world currency is here. We, we already basically have a one world, one world currency right now. Yeah. It's called the dollar. But now it, they're going to then make it into an even more uh, interoperable connected state because the more connected you are, then the more, uh, you know, you are disconnected from the actual 
leaders, and I'll say leaders in air quotes, because you know, once you start getting all these, you know, if you don't like what's going on down the street from you, you can go to whoever you know the mayor is or whoever uh, you know the senator is. Uh, I mean, maybe unless you're in Pennsylvania, and the senator won't even know where he is, let alone uh, you know the people who are in that state. But uh, you know, the, the point being is when you all of a sudden have these unelected bureaucrats, you know, whether it's in Brussels or in Davos, you know, dictating law yeah. who aren't even. Uh, elected by anybody, you're taking away all the accountability and you're taking away all, you know, the so-called democracy. I mean, we, we were well, set up as a democracy and, you know, and, and it, but it's just a, uh, a farce to even think that we're, we're living in one. Well, Tim, I wanted to mention a quick story because you mentioned Meta and, you know, I, I, I'm thinking of, you know, the fact that the, the cashless society, something I've been talking about for many years now is the fact that, you know, Mark Zuckerberg met with the Chinese on multiple occasions. And he, while Facebook was banned in China, he regularly met with the Chinese to try and develop something. And what that something is, we haven't yet seen. However, there's an interesting story from um, back in, I believe it was 2012. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg was man of the year in 2012 by Time magazine. And very interesting as they were interviewing him for that Time Magazine article on him being Man of the Year. Um, I don't think he should be Man of the Year if, if like 95% of women can kick your ass. Uh, but, you but, yeah, well, he's a robot. He's a lizard person. But the point is, he's doing this interview for Time Magazine, and there's a knock on the door. And the door opens, and it's Robert Mueller. And it was they're at Facebook headquarters, by the way. And even... The, the, the person interviewing Mark Zuckerberg said this is extremely weird because Robert Mueller just happened to be walking around the Facebook headquarters, the FBI director, who, by the way, became FBI director a few days before 9-11 in 2001 and retired on uh, September 4th, 2013. But uh, it, it's just kind of interesting because why is the FBI, the head of the FBI, just happening to wander around the hallways of Facebook and then intervenes in his interview with Time Magazine? The reality is because... Facebook is part, well, it is entirely entrenched in the government. The FBI has been involved in utilizing Facebook for everyone to bug their own homes and give up all their private information. Same with Twitter, same with TikTok, same with all of these. And it's just an early form of social credit, which can later be used in a cashless society as a way to utilize you know, past mistakes, past posts, things that you said 10, 15 years ago against you later if you want to buy groceries. That is the idea. So when Robert Mueller is wandering around the hallways of Facebook and just happening to bump into Mark Zuckerberg during his Man of the Year interview, it ha it, it's, it's just blatant evidence of where this has been developed They got everybody so to long. build a dossier on themselves is what they did. And so I just happened to be at one of the first schools when I was 18 uh, that had Facebook at the time was the Facebook. And so I was always underneath like fake names. But at the time, you had to, you had to tie it back to an email uh, uh, .edu email account. So I mean, I'm sure they knew who it was, but eventually uh, things caught up with me too much when I was advocating for Donald Trump, uh, unfortunately, in 2016, and a bunch of liberals reported me. And then I had to, Facebook made me, I was about to move anyways, my house had already been sold. So they made me turn, I had to take, you know, a picture of my license so that way they could send sort of two-factor authentication back to my house, but I was moving anyways. Uh, and then I ended up proactively just deciding to leave Facebook the day uh, Sleepy Joe got in there. And I, that was the biggest platform I was on by far, I had 32,000 people following me. And I, but ultimately what we give our attention to, our attention is 
worth something. You guys listening to us right now, uh, you know, that is worth something. It is valuable. And we do appreciate the fact that you are watching this and listening to this, but your attention matters. And so if you are paying your attention to all these big you know, globalist type companies like Meta and like Fox News and like basically any other news station out there or major publication, you are ultimately basically helping to enrich them. But they don't give a damn about us anyways because all the big funds like at BlackRock and at State Street and at Vanguard and at Fidelity, they're the ones running the show anyways. And so they are willing Black to basically – They are willing to – essentially uh you know take one for the team right. because they control the trillions of dollars and say so, okay yeah we know people will stop buying bud light for a few months and, and what are people who are so-called conservatives still doing buying bud light and then you know what you're not doing yourselves any other favor if you're just going to like another type of beer that they control like oh you know i'm i don't like bud light anymore so i'm gonna go to mick ultra oh yeah budweiser still owns that or i'm gonna go to this brand or Stella, this, band or this yeah. brand. Yeah, like you know watch you like five seconds of research and not to not get any of their crappy beer to begin with. Well, you, really it's, a, you know, you have to remember that not buying these things is a, a, a direct uh, protest against ESG scores because a lot of these companies are just being forced into this. Unfortunately, they don't have much of a choice. I recently did a video on ESG scores and the importance of those in looking forward as you know, we see ESG scores on corporations, we will soon see um, this move into you know social credit, carbon credits for for the individuals walking down the street. So I, I think it's important. I, I did a video called "Expose the Truth About ESG Scores." Corporations are owned by the World Economic Forum because they are actually wanting to get bailouts later on. They they want to be able to finance themselves out of the the rut they've dug, and they actually see more benefit in that than um, actually having a good business model, not following the woke stuff, and actually making money. They would rather lose most of their business business in order to get on the fine financial bandwagon so that later on they can get bailed out or bailed so if you're in. not part of this whole dei diversity what equity inclusion or the esg scores that is what they are trying to base all these fortune 500 ceos and c-level executives compensation on there's a video with larry fink talking about how they're going to force behavior force change and i'm very close to actually at least one fortune 500 board member executive is high up in a obviously a fortune 500 company and and I showed him that video and he goes, yeah, he goes, BlackRock and all these guys are coming to us trying to tie our compensation to DEI and to all this other crap. And right. so ultimately, if these guys have, you know, $20 trillion, just, you know, BlackRock alone, and, you know, you try saying, you know what, we're going to actually stand for our customers, stand for, you know, what, you know, our core value of the people who are buying our products. Uh, these big companies can be like, oh, you know, that's great that you're, you know, willing to take this principal stand, but boom, we're yanking our, uh, you know, $100 million with you or our billion dollars with you and we're going to tank your stock and so uh when your compensation is then tied to these guys who are in essence you know holding you know a metaphorical gun to your head uh, you know people are going to most people do not have principles especially at a big fortune 500 globalist company they're going to you know acquiesce and that's exactly where we're at because not enough people have balls and i guess well speaking of balls now i guess you can be a woman and you know all of a sudden or right. you can have balls and be a woman and uh but you know that's all part of but you know Right now, our our DEI score is going down because we're just speaking basic, basic truth. Well, well, Tim, you know, both of us have been talking about this for so, so, so long. And um, the, because I, I'm on Odyssey, if you guys haven't uh, followed us on Odyssey yet, um, they backed up most of my videos before I got banned from YouTube. However, only back to the end of 2017. So I can't show you earlier videos. I haven't backed up on backup drives, though. But I mean, like I have this video from January 25th, 2018 called Davos Elite. Desperately want a cashless society, but crash may come first. And of course, they need the crash. They need the order. 
uh, or the chaos to bring the order. And in the original article I wrote at the time, I said we were talking about a recent uh, meeting uh, in Davos for the World Economic Forum where globalist leaders, bankers, economists, and business leaders are meeting to discuss the economic transformation of the world and in their eyes, the necessity for people to bend over to a massive financial global order. Everyone from Modi and Trudeau to Merkel and Christine Lagarde are calling for a more global unity, which is code for global governance. Financial elite like Kenneth Rogoff... Uh, author of The Curse of Cash, an economic advisor to the Federal Reserve and member of the CFR, and Jess Staley, who's, in, by Jess the way, Staley. right now in a, d- a big situation with uh, Jeffrey Epstein of Barclays, are concerned about complacent markets, not unlike 2006, something we at WAM have been talking about for quite some time. And it's funny, I'm reading that now, like, a, like five years later. Um, and the push for, um, you know... Uh, let me see where I was. I, but, uh, it, you know, and I find but it then I see the name so, Jess Staley. It's like, man, yeah. so, so for people that, that don't know, he was, I, th- I believe he was second in command to Jamie Dimon over at JP Morgan, and he was the one personally handling all the accounts for Epstein. Right. Uh, and then he left there to become the head of Barclays. So this is a and, big time guy, and he's texting uh, Epstein about, you know, how he wants to go make sure uh, Beauty and the Beast are there next time at, yeah, at the island. Yeah, and, and, and I know the screen is kind of off on the video here, but um, it, it continues here. It says, but what sho- what's shocking? Shockingly absurd, but not at all surprising coming from these men, is their hope for a cashless society, which would literally repeat the problems on a centralized uh, digital scale, forcing everyone into servitude to the banks via legal tender laws. Uh, I mentioned how, you know, much like Sweden, who lowered interest rates into negative territory and went cashless for the most part, a similar brush with financial ruin may come upon our doorsteps as well. By the way, this is years before we saw negative interest rates in the United States. I said the Federal Reserve is desperately attempting to raise interest rates so they can drop them out when the inevitable crash occurs. Exactly what happened, by the way. However, from 2008 to 2012, interest rates were dropped 5.5%. The drop out would be much higher this time around, and there's no room for it above uh, above zero. Um, we will see negative interest rates. So where do you think the monetary system would go? Cashless, of course. And then I go into this whole thing about Nobel laureate Joseph Stieglitz and uh, his demands at, uh, at at Davos, talking about how we need uh, a world reserve currency that is cashless. So again, th- we're not just talking out our ass here about how oh we've been saying this for all these years. I've and Tim, both of I, both of us, uh, both of I, both of us have been talking for many years. John Snyson before that as well, talking about it for many years, and it's frustrating for people to say, "Oh, you just say the sky is falling all the time." No, we've been we've been talking about exactly what would happen. We exactly mapped out what would happen. We talked about how they would eventually go into negative interest rates, and then we'd see a boom in interest rates following after, and that's exactly what happened. And this is January twenty fifth, twenty eighteen. That's five and a half years ago. Ago, my friend so uh, or four yeah five and a half years ago so again we are just trying to warn people that's all we're doing we have a really good track record it's not about a pat on the back it's that I hope people watching actually follow along and do something about this because here yes. we are we have this move by the IMF managing director we are working on uh, hard on a global CBDC and BRICS is doing the exact same thing openly out in the open Russia China all of them so hello Time to get prepared. The zero COVID policies in China where you can't leave your neighborhood are now going to be 15-minute cities tied to this currency. If you want to survive what comes next, you have to try and, 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 and listen and be prepared and all that stuff. Tim, what do you got here? 
Well, I was going to actually, I was about to, uh, I was about to interject when you said, you know, we're not just speaking out of ass. I'm like, well, actually, that's a pretty good segue into who, uh, <laughs> who Jess Staley's brother is. Jess Staley, and I didn't know this until about a week or two ago. And this was a, uh, this was on a uh, Greg Reese report. The guys puts out uh, fantastic yeah, uh, reports stuff. all the time. Now, I didn't know this. Maybe you know this, but Jess Staley's older brother, I think his older brother, is Peter Staley. So Peter Staley was the like the main AIDS activist in the 80s where he and himself and a few other guys barricaded themselves in to protest the price of AZT, which uh, for a lot of you that know, AZT is the medicine that was killing AIDS patients. And it was Fauci who was the one that was pushing all that. And so like literally, not only is you've got the Staley family with Jess Staley, you know, paling around with Epstein being Epstein's main banker. Yeah. Uh, then you've got, uh, you know, which he's, you know, sort of the fall guy for everything going on. But, it, you know, he does seem like he's a pretty big global type of guy. And then his brother is was the main guy, mm -hmm. you know, pushing all the, you know, pandemic stuff they had. But that was like, you know, a dry run for everything that went on three years ago with the AIDS epidemic that Fauci had his hand in as well. You know, pushing uh, what was the movie? The Dallas Buyers Club where the yeah. bad guy in that was essentially... Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, Fauci. And, yeah. so, and so, yeah, so I just, you know, I, I, we weren't planning on talking about this initially, but this is, you know, we're not scripted. Well, enough. it's all tied together, though. I mean, all of this stuff is related. We, I, everything from the pandemic to trans kids, World War Three to, you know, the economic system and the move into a cashless society, of course, all playing into the, the collapse of the supply chain, the energy grid, the housing market. All of these things are directly related. The unhealth of the public, the eugenics experiments on the public. Everything is related. So, you know, all of this is part of a vast script, and it's such a detailed script that we have to understand that it's multi-layered, multi-multi-multi-layered, and it has been planned for over a century. And the idea isn't, you know, money. Money is just something that weakens people for a while while these globalists then get control over you, but that's not the idea either. The idea is a, is a spiritual warfare. It's a complete destruction of the human spirit, the soul of the human being, the destruction of everything that we used to know as independence, freedom, all these things, nature are now being put to the side for AI, transhumanism, um, you know, CBDCs, all these things. And that is meant to push us into uh, collective robotic nature, NPC nature. And it's a giant sacrifice on the altar of Baal. So people need to understand this isn't about like and people always say, oh, well, it's about yeah. yeah making money. We're going to make they're going to make a bunch of money off this. It's not about making money. That is just a little side effect that might be good for some people in high positions. But that's not what they're doing. In fact, most of these major globalists aren't paid uh, as much as or aren't pushed over the edge by money. They're pushed over the edge because, well, they go pal around with Epstein and have videos of them out there having sex with children. So now they have to do what they're told. Again, giant. Of course, they were they were rich operation. kids. I'm just looking up right now who their grandfather was, and it's you know Edward Staley, who was you know high up in this one retail chain called WT Grant, which WT Grant in the 30s had said had over a hundred million dollars worth of annual sales by 1936. I mean, that's what $100 million was really $100 right. million. They had a, a company headquarters in one Astor Plaza that is in you know Times Square. And so, I mean, these are you know basically kids of, of rich kids who are just yeah. going around you know trying to invent these different problems to then make themselves seem like they're uh, useful. But yeah, anyways, we, we've deviated a lot from what we were well, initially going to talk about. I am going to mention uh, one thing here, Tim. 
item that I, I wanted to mention a little bit earlier, which I think is important because, again, with this whole cashless system that they're building around us today, we have to remember where it originates, and we've talked about it before, and I'll talk about it again. Oh, um, it is kid. China. Well, yeah, another, well, whatever that thing is. Um, he looks like the turtle guy from Masters of Disguise. Remember that movie? Terrible movie. Uh, Klaus Schwab says communist China is a role model for many countries in creating the new world of tomorrow. Now, we have to remember that um, China was propped up by the U.S. in the first place. Henry Kissinger met with Mao Zedong, creating an alliance with China that propped them up versus starvation, saved their country uh, economically, created a monopoly in favor of them, leading into the creation of the Trilateral Commission by Zbigniew Brzezinski, which used China as a guinea pig state for global technocracy, as he said, and a global cashless society. And now we have the Great Reset, and people aren't tying it in properly. This whole Russia-Ukraine thing, they say, one's good, the other guy's bad. No, they're both bad, and it's all part of a script. And I, I bet that uh, Putin and Zelensky are giving each other hand jobs behind the, the, the black curtain. My friends, this is all fake. All of it's fake. Russia is working hand-in-hand with Israel and China. The, you know, Ukraine is working hand-in-hand with the United States, which has been working hand-in-hand uh, hand uh, after my statement previously there. Uh, it's kind of a weird thing to say, but um, working hand in hand with um, you know China and Israel as well. Oh, not to mention it's, the other uh, article was tired. It was titled about the IMF is working hard on uh, <laughs> yeah yeah on their, on their global CBDC. And and while we're talking about being years ahead of these things, tomorrow and actually it depends if this video makes it out today. Today is the twenty first, but on June twenty second will be the seven year anniversary of a question that I had that made it, made it to Janet Yellen. Uh, June twenty second, twenty seventeen, in re- in regards to, sorry, six year uh, anniversary in re- in regards to actually it may have been I can't remember sorry it was twenty it was twenty sixteen so it was was seven years ago but it was in regards to what's going to happen the day when you guys are forced to raise rates not because you want to but because you have to when inflation inevitably gets out of control now it took a lot longer than I thought for it to get out of control and guess what. Uh, you know, that was a question where she laughed at me and said it was impossible. There's no way the Fed could lose, could lose money on this. And now their bonds are losing hundreds of billions of dollars, the, which the bonds underpin the entire financial system. And so this is something that was talked about seven years ago. And now, uh, and then we had, I, I typed in this one AI program, uh, digital currency, see how many times I brought it up on video. And it was 539 times, <laughs> 539 different videos. I don't I, And confirm. Yeah. So it's like, this is like the main thing we've been warning about because this is the mark of the beast. This is the main thing to stop. And we do have a chance to stop this now. But ultimately, we are going to be in a, we're already in this, a cost of living crisis. And so unless you have a job that can keep up with inflation, unless you can, can control, you know, uh, you know, really, really lower your expenses, live way below your means and have some sort of way to be, you know, independent of the system or just control your, uh, your income, a lot of people, most people out there are going to be screwed. They're going to lose everything. Now, I'm not trying to say this is like a big Debbie Downer because there are things you can do now and it depends, uh, you know, if you're 30 years old or 65 years old, there's going to be different things people can do. And Josh has up on screen a presentation that I gave uh, May of 2022 talking about all the proof of how they've been trying to sneak in the CBDC all along. It was the week, it was like March 20th, 2020, that they were already right. having bills in Congress about, you know, for, of course, it was for like equity and inclusion and diversity, but how they can have a CBDC. Uh, mm-hmm. They had the Maxine Waters bill of the first CARES Act where everyone got to 1200 bucks, And the first draft of that legislation called for a CBDC for the, to get your payment. Yeah. That was a trial balloon. And since I was one of the only one people... One of these days, this video will load. 
Yeah, since I was one of those people complaining about this, uh, you know, it's at the it, that was a trial balloon, and now this is exactly where they're headed. But they want to create a crisis to then get people to beg for the help, and the help is going to be coming, uh, you know, a complete slave to their system. And then once it's digital, there is no, going to be no way out of that. And so, you know, we cannot advocate hard enough to get people to to like wake up and to have this be the issue. So it doesn't matter about like, oh, this woke thing that this person's fighting against or this woke thing this person's fighting against and this other little political football issue they're trying to get us on. None of that matters unless if they sneak through the CBC. So all these guys trying to win these little browning points. This is the main thing that needs to be stopped. And there are things people can do now to protect themselves. And it's just so frustrating just being you know so far out ahead of this stuff and now being here and most people not even knowing, not even caring, and you know they'll care when you know their kids are basically forced into prostitution for them to eat. Then they'll then they'll probably care. But you know I don't know what we can do in the meantime. And I don't mean to be like yelling at the people watching this because people watch this. Uh, yeah, you most guys are, most you guys are more likely you know, you know yeah we're yelling in agreement over here. But yeah. it's just you know it's it gotta just, it's be very it's, frustrating. It's frustrating for me. It's frustrating for people who I'm sure are watching this as well that you know we've squandered so much of basically everything that's going on. But we do have some time. And what we're doing right now from an at least from an investing perspective. And before you invest anything you should be investing in you know getting yourself prepared and so not to make a quick promo for heaven's harvest and getting seeds and using promo code uh i'm sorry, promo code wam 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 uh or you know getting off-grid energy i know you've got your link for lion energy and uh these are not pre-programmed plugs over here for this but it's all things that people you should be doing first before you start talking about investing in the stock market but if you have you know a few hundred thousand dollars in an ira and you're already in the system and you're wondering what you can do you know there are ways to get physical precious metals in there. There are ways where you can get actual Bitcoin in there. There are ways where obviously you can get commodities in there. There are ways to hedge the downside of knowing what the most you can possibly lose on the equity portion of your investment is. And so right now we are in this risk managed portfolio uh, that I'm calling the protected reset strategy where we have some investments that are there uh, that are going to be volatile like the Bitcoin and the commodities and uh, obviously, you know, some of the equities and the stocks, but then we also have, you know, a decent amount of treasuries, which I don't think treasuries are great long term, but, you know, with the stock market being incredibly, 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 uh, you know, expensive right now. Uh, you know, that is income coming in that's then helping, you know, fund these put options, which is, are then limiting what we can possibly lose. And, and I, for a while, what in the past year or two, wasn't really touting up a lot of the portfolio uh, services, but that we were offering because these put option strategies got prohibitively expensive. But the people that got in earlier, like in, you know, early 2020, in 2018, 2019, they benefited from that strategy. But then, of course, you know, everyone wants to come in, you know, after the strategy already worked. Uh, but, you know, the, the key is to do things ahead of time. And so ultimately, you, you know, the time time in the market is more important than timing in the market. But I do think on a long enough time horizon, the stock market trajectory, this sounds crazy, but it's probably infinity because when priced in dollars, that could someday be worth a whole hell of a lot less than they are now or nothing or close to nothing. The big Fortune 500 companies, there's always going to be 500 companies uh, in the world. They're going to keep getting bigger. They're going to keep consolidating. They're at the uh, you know, the government teat first, at the Federal Reserve teat first to get all the money uh, first. And at this point, you know, the government and the big corporations are essentially the same. But you, know, the, but you don't have to even dabble into any of this. It's just you know, if you're already doing something somewhat traditional and your advisor isn't you know, forward thinking on this, you know, might as well be in a strategy where you can limit your downside, but then also have you know, the upside as well. And, and so it's a, it's a strategy. 
strategy. I feel mm -hmm. confident with that said. Past performance location, the future returns, do your own research. And then if you don't have a financial advisor, you don't like yours, or don't trust yours, we do have a link down below where you can talk to myself or one of our team members before things happen. And we and really it's I am taking a lot of July off and I'm still gonna have my computer, I'm still gonna be working on current client stuff, but I'm not taking on any new clients in July because you know I do value leisure and do value and I don't you know, do enough of it. And so uh, I'm not going to yeah, apologize for that. Time's running so, out. Yeah. I mean, so you you've have got, only you know, another less than 10 days to uh, sign up. And again, there is that bit.ly link in the description. You get a free initial consultation. Or we can see you in August, review. but then in August, I mean, I mean, things move so quickly these days. I mean, it's hard to even know what's going to be going on next month. Let yeah. alone what's going to be going on, uh, you know, a month and a half from now, right. me, and, you know, next week. It's hard to know what's going on next week when you don't. But the good thing about the strategy is we don't need to know what's going on. So as long yeah. as the market's not flat, it is a beneficial strategy to be in. And so, you know, it can do three things. It can go up, down, or be flat. And so, you know what, it's a, it's at the, this strategy was super, super expensive to implement. And, uh, you know, for a while, for, you know, basically since, you know, April of 2020 to about now. And now, you know, as things change, we change. And so we're back at it. And, you know, it's not, the only reason I'm pitching this so hard is because we want to do stuff to save our viewers money ahead of time, right. not have to say, oh, you know, I wish we could have, would have, should have. Because I, you know, lots of people have come to me after the could have, would have, should have. And, you know what, I guess all I can say is could have, would have, should have, you know, at, at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so. uh, the, the time was yesterday to start to get prepared. And uh, again, I mean, even working really hard to be prepared most people that have done this and, and walked that length still generally feel slightly under prepared because i mean what we're dealing with is something out of a we will be writing the history books assuming we win um and and the, the people that pre prepare ahead of time are the people that will win and be able to write that history book later so again it's a very important time in human history and a lot of people will AI say overlords right yeah right <laughs> well and, and it's it's a very difficult time for a lot of people i understand that but i have to point out that we are very blessed to live in such a crazy time because we get to be the conduits of and i don't want to say change because the word change is used loosely to mean all sorts of nonsense these days uh sex change obama's change spare change we are change all terrible but the, you know the thing is we have have to understand that um, if we are to be the conduit and and create uh, a beautiful civilization based in voluntarism, freedom, humanity, family, God, all these things that the globalists hate, we first have to get prepared for the building of the Tower of Babel. And as they build the Tower of Babel, they're not done yet. They have to keep building it, so it will get worse before it gets better. But then eventually, once they finish building it, we will see that collapse of their arrogant, psychopathic plan. So we as individuals have a responsibility on our shoulders, what will we do next? Well, I urge people to get financially prepared, uh, get as much out of the banking system as possible, not investment advice, but gold and silver, and of course, uh, privacy coins like Epic Cash, in my opinion. Again, this is my opinion. I'm just speaking for myself here, but um, you know, there are many ways to deal with the current move to CBDCs. And one of the biggest things we can do is to separate ourselves from the banks. That's how they'll enslave us. That's how they'll say, oh, you want food for your family? Well, you have to eat this mRNA food from FEMA and do as we say and live in your little 15-minute city and be a slave because, well, you didn't get prepared. So now you're a cog in the system. You are the collective. You will own nothing and you will be happy and you will eat the bugs. And as Yuval Noah Harari says, you'll be placated on drugs, depopulated, drooling, playing video games. That is the agenda of these evil psychopaths. And the way to get out of that is, as they say, um, you know, faith 
without work is dead. You as an individual are endowed by God with responsibilities to be able to take care of yourself as a human being, the basis of humanity, being independence, freedom, all these things are synonymous. So again, rejecting that system that forces you into that later on, no matter how smart you are, getting into a CBDC because, hey, uh, I am in the bank and I can't get my money out and have no way to get paid or actually use currency or I have no food, I have no water, I have no whatever without them. That is the biggest thing you should be fearing right now and it's the biggest thing you should take proactive actions against right now. In the future, what today is wealth will not be wealth in the future. What we see today as wealth is going to be something of the past and will actually be the opposite. It will be um, a disability. In the future, wealth will be what it used to be hundreds of thousands of years ago or 100,000 years ago or 50,000 years ago. It will be food, water, shelter, self-defense, the things that made humanity so great in the first place. And we have to understand if we want to invest in wealth, it isn't necessarily monetary. It is survivalism. It is being able to survive and take care of your family so that your family survives and being able to build free communities that are based in individualism, be able to build families that are able to be strong and fight and grow and build up humanity for centuries onward. That is where we are at and that is where we must be. So food, as Tim mentioned, and I'll just mention it briefly here, Heavensharvest.com, code WAM, W-A-M. Get long-term storable food, non-GMO, organic kits, etc. Get on this today. Don't wait until it's too late. This is the currency of the future. This is hope. This is change. It's all the things that people say before they vote. And your wealth means nothing without your health. And so, I mean, if you're going to be eating a bunch of crap food, I mean, eat crap, feel like crap, and, uh, you know, another plug here for the RNC store, but I do... I am going to take a little swig of the uh, apricot powder over here because, again, and this is from the Learn the Risk mug. Uh, so learntherisk.org. Again, Show that you, again? Yeah, I guess I was go. kind of covering it up. But uh, learntherisk.org. And so essentially yeah. it's a grassroots organization where you can, if you know, let's say you don't want to, you know, if you want to give out flyers or have information cards or resources where people can be their own activists, it's a great platform to be your own activist. Learntherisk.org. It was started by Brandy Vaughn who uh, was mysteriously – Passed away uh, actually the week before the the jab came out in 2020. She was a whistleblower for Merck, uh, when it, you know blowing the whistle on the Vioxx, and so she's one of the you know the unsung heroes that uh, unfortunately a lot of the anti-vax community I'll use that in air quotes uh, you know a lot of them were against her because she was calling out controlled opposition she was calling out right. a lot of the mamsy pamsy approach they have where they you know we can't mention that vaccines are bad and we can't mention that this is dangerous we need to warfare. promote more safer studies and and safer this and safer that and we can't you know do any of this stuff but she was very very hardcore she really didn't get any, uh, you know, really support at all in in her passing, and uh, you know this is too bad. But you know her organization does still live on. So learntherisk.org is the cup that I'm mug that I'm drinking from today. But uh, yeah, and I've got my uh, the I'm, I'm, I say the Lantrill, but I've got the uh, apricot seed powder in here right now. Yeah, so thanks for yeah, yeah, up. absolutely. Let's uh, let's bring that up real quick before we go here. Um, RNCstore.com, Richardson Nutritional Center, your source for Laetrile online, made famous by G. Edward Griffin's book, World Without Cancer. Get your apricot seeds, Laetrile, amygdalin, and vitamin B17 there. It will probably be banned in the future, so it's good to get on that today. Of course, as Tim mentioned earlier, there's Line Energy. We have battery, solar panels, solar chargers, etc., um, and that's going to be very important going forward. And uh, finally, make sure to sign up for the... Um, 
an extended free trial, a 10-day free trial at Iconic. The link is in the description. You could get a whole bunch of new shows, documentaries, a regular series. This is a great channel, and it's competing against uh, Netflix, Hulu, all that, all that junk. And um, they're actually bringing really great uh, content to the forefront. So go and subscribe to them today and support independent media. And speaking of supporting independent media, make sure to check that link in the description for our GoGetFunny.com campaign because we are trying to do our 15-Minute City documentary, and it costs a lot of money. In fact, with licensing and everything, it costs tens of thousands of dollars. It's already ten thousand has already been plunged into this. Thank, thank you to those that have uh, donated twenty six hundred and fifty two dollars so far. Very much helpful, saved my life for sure. But with that said, we need more, and that's just the way it works. I, I, I'm, I'm plunging my own wealth and everything. By wealth, I mean whatever's left in my wallet. Every, every single cent I have into this and any help is very much appreciated. We also have a Patreon. We have a Subscribestar. We have um, you know, a Bitcoin address. We have a Cointree link with a bunch of different cryptocurrencies that you could donate in if you please. And of course, um, we have an Epic Fund Me campaign. You can find us uh, a, a, you know, a Teespring store link in the description if you want merchandise. So I urge people to check that out as well. If you want to join our newsletter, it's www.imband.com. takes two seconds to sign up for. And of course, we are on um, Telegram at World Alternative Media. So is Tim at the Liberty Advisor official chat. There's the, the libertyadvisorshow.com as well. Um, we are on... Uh, Rockfin, Bandaw Video, BitChute, Odyssey, Rumble, and Brighteon at World Alternative Media. Shout out to Rockfin. We just broke 4,000 uh, followers on there, so check that oh, out. Nice. I'm trying to do some you know, more exclusive content on there. My only issue is no one ever sends questions for it. So if you want to actually get the exclusive content that people pay for on Rockfin, I need questions. You know, That was the thing. People were like, oh, you're not doing enough exclusive content. I'm like, well, in every video, I'm saying I need questions, and no one sends questions, so what can I say? I mean, uh, but... Anyway, um, so yeah, shout out to Rockfin if you haven't followed us on there yet. Um, we are on, uh, you know, Hive, Steamit, Vigilante.tv at, at Josh Sigurdsson. We're on the bad guys, TikTok and Instagram, World Alternative Media, Twitter and Getter at, at World Alt Media. We have a channel called Ancient Wonders on YouTube, which has my face in it. Don't subscribe to the other guy. It's the one with, the, <laughs> with my face as a p- uh, picture. Uh, go subscribe there. It's just ancient civilization stuff. And of course, we're banned from Spotify, but we're on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, you know, Podbean, etc. So follow us on there. Hit the like button, share on social media, hit the notification bell and hit subscribe if you have not yet already my friends again as always i appreciate everyone watching or listening whatever it might be this video has gone long this podcast has gone long but it's good to get into the depths of these conversations and it's always something new tends to come up and it's good to kind of dissect it uh in real time that's why we don't script these things i appreciate people watching if you've watched to this point in the video please comment in the in the comment section below cookies don't tell anyone why you're doing it. I just want to see how many people are actually watching this long. Anyways, um, again, live by example, live freely, my friends. This is Josh Sigurdsson and Tim Pachot signing out from World Alternative Media. Find the truth, be the change.